It's time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey everybody and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. This is episode number five of our brand new podcast where we talk about everything chicken, family, fun, and more chickens. More chickens. We drink a ton of coffee, but most importantly, we hug our chickens every day. Every day. Is that more important than coffee? (laughs) I don't know. Don't forget to hug your chicken. Can you believe we've made it through the holidays? We we made it through the holidays. Here we are. (laughs) Well, we're just barely past the holidays. We wanted to give you an episode right after the holidays, but before New Year's. It's like our New Year's episode. It's still part of the holidays, 12 days of Christmas and all. It is. It's when our families are getting together. That's right. So we're going to, we're like sneaking off to kind of record a little episode mm-hmm. for you guys. Did you have a great Christmas? Yeah, Christmas was lovely. It was, it was odd. Just like Thanksgiving, it was odd that it was just Pete and I. Yeah. It's so unusual. Um, but it was super nice. You know, we took care of the animals and we ate and we watched movies and had a lazy, wonderful day. What about you? It was quiet here, because I usually have a house full of 10 plus people, Mm -hmm. maybe like 12 people. So just the four of us, we still made the same Thanksgiving dinner. So the cooking was busy, but it was calm. Right. So, I mean, and and it was different. You did the same with the Christmas dinner. Christmas dinner. Same size, but. Same size for Christmas. No, my Mm -hmm. parents did come over for Christmas. Okay. So there's a few more people here, but not big. But Thanksgiving was definitely quiet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we made it through. That's the 2020 holidays. We made it through. We made it through. We made it through the holidays. And, I mean, hey, the house still looks like a bomb went off from Christmas stuff. <laughs> but this is the fun time of the holidays, that week in between when everybody's just kind of like, woohoo, let's stay up till 2, 3 in the morning watching <laughs> old shark, watching like shark movies, draws, all that kind of stuff. So... I don't know. I'm ready. I'm ready days, for the new year. Definitely ready for the new year. Two days until New Year's Eve. Yeah. And we, you know, we decided we're getting together. Well, our households are basically a pod. We've had to, in order for us to keep recording and yes. getting together to work, we've had to form our own pod. And you've gone practically nowhere and we've gone practically nowhere. Right. We basically have gone to like ordering groceries mm-hmm. in, doing a lot of curbside for the holidays, mm-hmm. we took advantage of Cyber Monday and you know Black Friday. We ordered most everything for gifts online. Oh yeah, we're doing the same thing. So I pick up everywhere. Mm-hmm. We tried to stay so that for Christmas we could all be together and we could be with our family on right. Christmas Day. So we did well with doing. That. I'm glad that we're a pod and that we don't have to worry about it. I'm glad that we're a pod as well. We're a good pod. (laughs) We are a good pod. (laughs) That we are. And we're going to have a very fun New Year's Eve. We are. And then we're going to have to make resolutions. That's going to be fun. Shall we do our resolutions now? (laughs) What's your New Year's resolution for 2021, Chris? My New Year's resolution is to be healthy, to be healthier. Healthier, okay. And to laugh at least 100 times a day. I think you've already hit that goal. <laughs> I, I just, I think you have. You can't laugh enough. I'm serious. Like, laughing is, you know, the boatload. You got to do it. You got to laugh. All we do when we're together is laugh. Well, that's why we're together all the time. <laughs> it's so much fun. So, yeah, to laugh, laugh at least 100 times a day and to get healthier. How about you? What are you thinking about? I think I need to drink a cup of water for every cup of coffee that I drink. That will be a lot of water. It will be a lot of water. (laughs) (laughs) 
I might have to do that one too. <laughs> I think just being healthier. I think healthier habits. Yeah, every year I try to say that. I'm like, okay, let's get into healthier habits. And you start off so strong. but And then COVID hits and it's all out the window. I was in a, such a great spot. Beginning, Pre-COVID. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my God, like everything just and kind it, of... It's really made us rethink a lot of things just because so many people have underlying physical conditions that make them really susceptible. Yeah. Like, you know... We're heading for, okay, we're heading for middle age. <laughs> Maybe we're already there. Uh, no, we're not there yet. No. So it just it just made us rethink. It made us rethink a lot of our priorities, too. Oh, yeah. As far as our animals, our little farm, what we, what we oh, want yeah. to do, what our focus is. I think, yeah, and in the new year, I definitely want to even focus even more on farming off of my three acres. Yes. Like, how much can I take from it and just bring to my family of my own how can you maximize yield off of your three acre farm exactly whether it's growing more pretty flowers that i love Mm -hmm. and putting them on the corner on the weekend so that our neighbors can enjoy them or growing vegetables or more herbs which i've done a really good job with herbs Mm -hmm. so and getting more exotic herbs right those types of things i definitely in the new year want to look at i think i would definitely like to grow more of our food on the farm yeah i really wanted to concentrate on that this year and it didn't work out that way it's hard in our areas we have a ton of deer so you have to really plan out your gardening well when pete and i bought the new the the mini farm um we decided we talked about how we were going to lay it out and so if you go right out our back door right that was going to be our garden slash dog yard Mm -hmm. and we surrounded that with the sheep yard because i have gone 20 years with deer eating my flowers and vegetables oh yeah so we did that and we thought it'll be absolutely it'll be perfect right and then we got two new dogs (laughs) and they get in my raised beds (laughs) oh i've seen them they get in my raised beds i planted um we didn't we didn't we weren't able to get all of the raised beds put together and so i did cherry tomatoes in big pots oh on yeah the deck tulip got in the pots and ate all of my cherry tomatoes <laughs> off the plants well there's worse things she could eat i mean i would look out the window i would look at the sliding glass doors and she would literally be in the pot pulling my cherry tomatoes off it's almost like Alyssa the one day who messaged me she had this perfect tomato and she was like as soon as i get home from work she texted me a picture oh my god i'm making tomato sandwiches and then um joey messages me and says uh bad news a squirrel just ate the tomato (laughs) (laughs) and you're like oh that's what happens it's like you need to pick it as soon as you strawberries you never get a good strawberry oh tulip eats the strawberries too oh yeah so, I don't need to worry about birds. I, I have de- tulip. Definitely want to work on that this yes. year. Yes. Well, d- well, why don't we add a gardening component to some of our shows in the new oh, year? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I have a close friend who owns a 10-acre, and part of it is a flower farm. Wonderful. So she's going to come on and talk to us a little bit, so that'll be good. But um, definitely, gardening would be a good... That sounds fabulous. So growing our own food plus growing things for our chickens. That sounds great. Well, that's our podcast resolution for 2021. <laughs> Yeah, get the gardens up and going. And once we do, we'll show you all the pictures. On that there. will be wonderful. So before we go into our breed spotlight, we want to just take a minute to tell you about Iowa Blue Farm. It's a woman-owned, family-run, all-natural, 
chicken tree company in the Midwest. And you know we love to support those women-owned businesses. We are all about women empowerment, that's for sure. They make 100% American oven-dried black soldier fly grubs for all different kinds of poultry. So if you have chickens like we do, or ducks, or turkeys, or geese, these are the treats for you. They are, they're fantastic. As our winter layers begin laying again, these are a great source of concentrated protein and calcium. Because we want those shells to be nice and hard on those eggs. And with the winter, there's less light, but our winter layers are starting, my bar rocks are laying. So I give them these grubs every day. The girls come running for the blue bag as soon as they see it. That's what we keep saying. This blue bag is like totally evident to them. So a nice protein calcium enriched snack is the way to go. So if you would like to give these grubs a try, head on over to iowabluefarm.com. You can buy them right on the website and they're grown with love and shipped with care and always- Always free shipping. Always free shipping. So let's move on. You ready okay. to move on? So Breed Spotlight. Breed Spotlight. Doo -doo. <laughs> <laughs> this one's favorite to you. Yeah, this is one of my, um, this is one of the breeds I've had the most of for the longest. The Swedish Flowers. They're absolutely beautiful chickens. And I would say they have a really nice temperament. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with... The, the name like Swedish flower, you're expecting a beautiful, beautiful chicken. I they mean, are beautiful chickens. So on the edges of their feathers, they have little white dots or black dots. Right. And those are the flowers. They are gorgeous. They are and gorgeous. They, from everything that we know about them, they're really hardy little chickens too. They are. They're a land race breed, which means they self-selected. Right. They were left to range around farms in Sweden. They were on their own. So they bred naturally. It led to a very, very hardy chicken. They're excellent foragers. Which is their biggest acclimate. They're like the best foragers they out are. there. I will tell you, um, I have, I currently have three Swedish flower hens, one Swedish flower cross. She's crossed with a silky of all the crazy combinations. That is she, a crazy combo. She was an accident born uh, at a friend's house and the friend gifted me. <laughs> Honeysuckle. Um, and, I, and then I have Casper, my rooster, is a Swedish flower rooster. And I will tell you, those hens will be across the yard and grabbing bugs out of midair before you can even blink. Yeah, they're, that's, that's one of their main things. They love to get their own bugs. They do. And that's back in the day how they were really treated. Like, hey, here's the land. Go live. Right. And, you know, it wasn't until, what, the 2000s that they came back to the U.S. Yeah, 2010 is when they were first imported. There was a breeding pair imported by Greenfire Farms in Florida. Right. And so all of the Swedish flowers in the United States, I believe all of them came from those original imports at Greenfire Farm. Right. So, I mean, they, they're fairly new back to the U.S., even though they're a very old chicken breed. They're a very old chicken breed, and it's really interesting as a livestock historian to look at the fact that they were almost extinct in Sweden. So, in the United States, a lot of the heritage breeds were going extinct by the mid-20th century. By the 70s, they were in really bad shape. Well, the same thing happened in Sweden with the Swedish flowers. By the 1970s, they were almost extinct. And 70s, weren't we talking about that with the Dominiques also? Yes. The Dominiques that they did these grow back, patch back programs right, the, where- the Livestock Conservancy. Yes, yeah, so it seemed like the 70s were the time 
and we were had a whole conversation about this earlier about right. times of industrialism then to naturalism yes. then industrialism and then naturalism right. and kind of where we are right now right there's that pattern so from the 1930s up through the 60s you know industrial farms got bigger it was people, all about the industries right people moved away from the land there were factories that sort of thing and then in the 70s there was this back to the land movement that's when mother earth magazine started being published and when people were kind of put under that umbrella of hippies and right you know right it was all about bringing nature back in and it seems to be we have boomeranged back to that at this right. day and age that we're learning to love the land and love our animals and what they can bring to us and do it naturally the most natural way we can so like this chicken is the epitome of that it is so there was all this work done in the 1970s to try to conserve the, this chicken there were three flocks left in Sweden and people started breeding from there. This is what I like about the chicken. They are beautiful chickens. We they haven't talked gorgeous. about their appearance yet. Mm -hmm. The feathers, the markings on the feathers are gorgeous. Like you were saying, the white tip on the end of the flower, the dark tip, right. is considered the flower of, of the chicken, right. basically. And as they get older, they get more and more flowers Which with each molt. They get more flowery. They're beautiful. So they get to be even a prettier chicken than they are. Mm -hmm. or, do you find them to be good egg layers? They're reasonable egg layers. They're not as good as, say, a leghorn. Right. But probably... An average of three eggs a week. They're reliable layers and they lay through the winter. Now, and do you find them to go broody a lot? Because I did, in breeding, find that they tend to go broody. In my experience, judging by my own flock and the flock of a friend, I would say they go broody maybe 50% of the time. Okay. So you don't have, do you have one that would go broody definitely every... Honeysuckle goes broody a lot, but she's crossed with a silky. Okay. So she's Swedish flower silky mix, and I'm sure the silkies are such good mamas. Yeah. They go broody so often, I'm sure that... I'm sure that plays into it. None of my other girls have gone broody at this point, though. Again, there's lots of Facebook groups. That's a good place to start doing research if, you, if you're interested in the Swedish flower to find out local breeders to your area, right. um, to where you can drive and pick up these chicks. But there's so many really, really pretty colors. They're really beautiful. They haven't been standardized by the American Poultry Association. And for that reason, they're not considered a heritage breed. They're, they're super old. The Livestock Conservancy notes that they that they haven't been used traditionally in the, in the United States. But they date back as far as 300 years. They're very old breeds. So they're not definitely very old. Right, they're definitely very old. It's just not in the United States. So uh, because they're not recognized by the American Poultry Association, there's this huge range of colors almost anything goes some of the breed groups are trying to standardize some of their appearance right the snow leopard the big time <laughs> snow, the snow leopard. leopard which is beautiful i which is red it's it is red it is it's it's a light red it's a i was like beautiful. amazed to see the picture i'm i'm thinking snow leopard right like white right and i'm like wait a minute this chicken's red <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty color i prefer the black based Swedish flowers, I think they're absolutely beautiful. Well, the 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 white and the red, they all kind of and the black play off of each other. And you have a really bright chicken. The other thing that I wanted to bring up is you have a mixed flock. I do, but the one thing that you've kind of had as a concern of them is that they don't do great amongst their chicken sisters or brothers. They're always the bullies. <laughs> they're always my bullies. They're super sweet with people. Like, if I'm cleaning the coop, Pansy and Petunia are always under my feet. Right. They're scratching through the bucket that I'm scraping into. They're, they're always there with me. Bluebell, not so much. She's a little more aloof. 
she was not she did not come from the same place they came originally from southern virginia poultry and bluebell i believe was from hatchery she was gifted to me along with dolly de dominique and bluebell's absolutely stunning she is white and blue she's right. a blue swedish flower um, but she's a terrible bully. She's yeah. awful. I mean, I have Drusilla and Anastasia, which we are more commonly known as stepsisters. Right. They're cuckoo morants, and I have the same thing. They're great with people, but they're the bullies of, you know, the flock. Right. So I can definitely kind of relate to what it's like to have. And I've had to take Bluebell out for chicken time out. I think she's the worst bully because the top girls in that flock are Pansy and Petunia, no question. Yeah. And I think Bluebell jockeys for position, and the way she does it is by bullying the people, the, the, the hens lower on the totem pole. Right. So, they're reasonably cold-hearty, too, so don't worry about them so much in winter. They're, they're, they're a good chick, I mean, a good-sized chicken. They're considered a large breed. Right. Some of them, because they're land race, they're comb and waddle varies. But they're single comb. They're single comb. Which, again, it's just, just keep an eye on in the wintertime, you Casper, know, just to make sure. When we had that polar vortex where Ricardo Montalban lost all yeah. the points on his comb, Casper did lose a couple of points on his comb. Yeah, so, again, just be careful with single combs in the winter. Watch for frostbite. And watch for the frostbite on there. And that's where we say, again, occasionally when you have a really cold spell, mm -hmm. that the safe heaters that are made for coops can work in your advantage. So if you keep roosters, I think a lot of people don't subscribe to heaters. And I think that's because they don't keep roosters because there's no way you can have a rooster in a climate that gets cold and not see the damage that, yeah. that frigid temperatures can and do. I think, and I think there's a definite, you know, mark on it, like fire heater. Right. So now that there are safe options, yes. it is time like to kind of reevaluate the whole situation. As if there's a safe option, then I'm willing to look into it. Right. We're probably going to talk about this a lot during yeah. the winter, just because we we there's because it's air every day. It's freezing. It's right. And there's technology there to make your birds more comfortable. Again, you're not actually heating your coop. You're just raising the temperature enough just to so keep that... the combs and waddles and feet safe. And you never want to have your coop so warm that when the birds come out in the morning, they, they, can't, they can't acclimate. Or if right. you lose power, that their bodies are too acclimated exactly. to a very warm coop. Right. So it's just enough to be above freezing right. so that things don't freeze on them. But, you know, that's just, you know, a little side note. It is. You know, with all of them, just keep an eye on the combs and waddles. Another definitely. really cool thing with the appearance of the Swedish flowers, and this is, again, is probably because they're a land race and they haven't been standardized, some of them are crested and some of them are not. Wow. So the breed carries a gene for a crest. That's pretty cool. Right. And the crested birds are super cute. A little yeah. puff on top yeah. of their head. <laughs> I love the ones with the crest. They're, they're adorable. They have like a different look to them. They do. They're just, I don't know what it is. They they have this like little sassy, no matter <laughs> what kind of chicken they are, they're just like, oh, oh yes, I'm do. just, yes, I am so <laughs> sophisticated. Don't you see my crown? It's like the crest on my head. It's they also lay lovely eggs. Um, most of mine lay a sort of cream colored egg. Oh, nice. And it looks beautiful, especially if you put it in with blues and greens. It really sets off those colors. Bluebell is being the, she's the blue and white uh, Swedish flower. She does lay a white egg, but I think in general you tend to get a creamy Creamy taint. egg. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if anybody is interested in this type of chicken, it is worth looking into. A good addition to your flock in many different ways. Yes. You think we're ready to move on or? I think so. Well, just to note, there are a couple of 
Facebook groups. It looks like the most active group is the Swedish Flower Hand Club of America. Wow, that's a mouthful. It is. Look them up and join there. They're a really good group and they give you a lot of advice for breeding and genetics and just general care. What yeah. to look out for with this breed. Exactly, because every chicken breed has a few little little nooks and crannies that you gotta <laughs> deal with. <laughs> so that's that's a very good point. So what we wanted to talk about for our main topic this week is free ranging in the winter or whenever. And the thing about free ranging in the winter, we're going to say, is that's when you're going to have your height of your predators. Right. They're looking for food and you don't have as much cover. The right. undergrowth, for the most part, is going to be gone. Tree cover. Right. So, you know, like hawks in particular will generally pick up a squirrel or a bunny. And some of them, if it's really cold or out, they're hibernating. They're, you know, not out. So chickens that's when i tend to really see we have a hawk a few of them that come and just they'll sit and watch sit and watch mm -hmm. so you know like we can't let them out on un unsupervised but i mean that's always the safest way to free range is to give them an hour or two right supervised I've try been... to take that out of the day if you can it's hard it definitely is but it's so relaxing to just be able to sit and watch your flock I sit there and then they all end up jumping on my chair <laughs> or I love watching them do their dust baths. They do come to visit though. It's my, I call it my Zen time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really calming. And I'm like in that moment and you kind of forget about other things in your life that are worrisome. Yes. It's good for the psyche. It really is. I think it's very relaxing. It probably brings your blood pressure down. I take my pictures then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I take a cup of coffee out there. Yeah. It's definitely a relaxing time. And aerial threats in the winter are huge. They are huge. Um, and we are in a very, very hawk-heavy area. It might be one of the number one predator problems for chicken keepers in this area in the winter time. Our farm is surrounded by woods. So we see hawks all day long. Yeah. Um, and my roosters are so good at sounding the alarm when they see hawk. Actually, a couple of the hens do it too. Yeah. But my roosters are incredibly good at sounding the alarm. Do you remember when a hawk got yeah. into one of my yards? I was just going to say that. I remember you calling me and telling me what happened. And then he was like cornered. Like, Yeah, so long story short, I went out to put some mail in the mailbox. And I noticed a commotion in one of our yards. And I looked over. And I saw what I thought was Blanche Dubois flying. And I thought, <laughs> how is Blanche flying so high? Yeah. Because our runs are actually big yards. Right. They're like 28 by 28. Right. And they're put up with seven foot high T-posts because my husband is so tall. <laughs> <laughs> Eight foot high T-posts. I'm sorry. So it makes the wall seven feet. And we have very strong deer netting. hawk netting on yeah. the top. So I thought I saw Blanche Dubois flying. And then, like, reality shifted, and I realized that what I saw was a hawk flying around in the yard. Yeah, that's not fun. No, and so I ran over there, and I called Pete on the telephone. Get I out said, here. Get now. out here and bring gloves. And he maybe ran out the door with a pair of dishwashing gloves. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What the heck's that going to do for so you? What, I, was, what, I, was less, I was kind of scared of the hawk because Ricardo, again, is the size of a Wait, turkey. Let's back up to the dish gloves. He then changed, right, into leather gloves? No, he did not change. <laughs> um, I actually, what I had him do was hold the door open and keep the chickens from running out. Okay. I was. We were trying to get the hawk out. Right. It looks like the hawk got in under, uh, there was sort of a space that, that had opened up right. under the back fence, which we closed. 
But I was trying to get the hawk down. Ricardo is trying to chase the hawk. <laughs> and Ruthie. And Ricardo is probably ten times as bigger than the hawk. Oh, yeah. Ricardo is He's massive. huge. He's like 20 plus pounds. He literally is the biggest chicken that I've ever seen in my life. He's huge. He's a black Jersey giant. So we're trying to get Ricardo back. And Ruthie, who's the tiniest of the black Jersey giant hens, is trying to help yeah. chase this hawk. This hawk probably needed... Didn't you say he was little, too? Valium. It was a small hawk. I'm not sure what the breed was. Maybe a Cooper's hawk? Yeah. Um, so anyway, eventually we ushered the hawk out, and we got that back closed in. It was a revelation to me that a hawk would get down on ground level and squeeze in that way. And try. And that's like, I do that a lot, where I walk around the coop. Per check perimeter. And yeah. check the perimeter. Yep. Now, because ours, we fanned out three, three or four feet and then buried them. Right. So... I still walk around and see if something's trying to dig. Yeah. Usually when I'm on the phone with you and we're Often. talking. Yeah, every Often. day. <laughs> and I'm like walking around and I'm just like, okay, yeah. And for weak spots. We have to yeah. do that with the sheep fencing as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good idea. And that's why we're saying like, especially winter time, another main predator in the winter are fox. Oh, yeah. I have been a victim um, twice of fox attacks. They were, um, one was a chicken somehow got out right do not know how she got out right and was just that quick yeah within they're fast when yeah. that quick mm -hmm. um and the other was that i had pearl and olive in the baby cage which is still 10 by 5 feet right and a fox grabbed her and pulled her to the side yeah. so that was in the winter that is when they are they're looking for food, especially in the early spring. The foxes have their kits, and they're yeah. looking for food. And the um, birds are less. They'll go after birds. They'll go after squirrels. Anytime that you don't have those little small animals for them to go after, they're going to come and try to get your chickens. Right. Like, no questions asked. They're going to do that. Um, we do have coyote in this area, and I know there are sometimes livestock losses, including chickens. We've had some in our neighborhood. Yeah, we've had them around here as well. I hear them at night sometimes. And the thing about coyotes, I haven't witnessed this, but I've been told that they can clear a seven-foot fence. They can jump. It's amazing how high they can jump. Fox can jump, too. And I've read that fox can clear up to five or six. They climb. Yeah. They yeah, can they definitely. Can clear, yes. I mean, so that's why we definitely, our runs are enclosed completely. Now, we have some options if you want to go in for a little while. Um, chicken channels. Like... I love the chicken channels. I would like a whole network of chicken yeah, channels. Yeah, if you have if you have some put together where they're in there now, you still have to be looking because they're met it also. Right. They're usually I've seen them make it made of chicken wire, so they look like um like a half circle tunnel. Yeah, I've seen them on a chicken wire. I've seen them like fabric net it. Which okay. Aren't as safe because right. something can rip through sure at that can. point. But it the might stop a hawk for a little while. It might, but it's it, not going to keep out a fox or even a domestic dog. And it might be good just for play purposes. Right. Even if you're sitting out there with them, it gives them somewhere different That's true. to go. Um, the other thing we looked into was electrified chicken fencing. Yeah, I want to use this. Where our chicken yards are on the side of our property, we're about to enclose that area for sheep fencing. Right. But I'd still like, we have so many wooded patches through there. I would feel better if, even if I'm sitting with the girls, if I had the electrified netting, to say stop a fox that just pops right out of the woods there. Yeah. That's, it's for their security and to, to give me a little help right. with wrangling them. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, so that's always an option. Another option, which this is why I'm going to throw out there. Send your kids out there. 
I don't, I don't have those. So it's me or it's Pete. I say to the girls, go get bundled up and, you know. Hey, when does Sophia the start driving? Because maybe they can come over and yeah, they can range I'm sending them over to your house. How much do you charge for chicken-free range babysitters? I should probably come up with an hourly rate. They could have a whole business. They could. They travel around. Right? We'll watch your chickens for you. That could be a good business. Safe free ranging of your chickens. Hey, that could be one. It could. So, yeah, no, I send them out there. And then, you know, they sit and talk. It gives them some quiet time uh-huh. together. And then they argue and tell each other. Well, sisters. So yeah. Yes. But then one says... You're only watching two chickens. I'm watching 13. You're oh only my watching. goodness. Yeah. So, but to have them out there, it has commotion. It makes causes for commotion. Right. It keeps predators away. Sure. I mean, I've been sitting out there and a fox comes almost right up to us. Yes. So that's when you walk sh- away, it's going to happen. Exactly. And that's why I think I would feel better with some electrified netting just around the perimeters. Just right. Just to stop. It's a, just some more security for, for my peace of mind. But that's kind of what we wanted to talk about was just kind of getting out there and giving some other little options. If you guys have any other ideas, please message us, email us. We would love, love to hear them. This is just kind of some stuff that we do. The other thing that we wrote were that was that um, raccoons. We, I know a couple of other people right in this area have had a lot of predator losses to raccoons. Yeah, and that, that's and along with all these animals except for the hawk dusk and dawn right those are not times of free range although uh, foxes that could happen any time of the day yeah i mean they're mostly okay so we had the family of eight well the mama eight, fox eight kids and she the parents eight kids yes holy moly underneath our neighbor's shed and the father was the one who got olive okay so when they have those kids they they feed them morning and night right I mean, we were sitting out there and watched this fox leave mm-hmm. and come back with a dead squirrel. Right. Like twice a day or a bunny or something. So dawn and dusk is a lot of when they hunt. That's definitely when the raccoons come around for the most part. Right. So we always have to make sure we're out closing up our coops. Yeah. I mean, our main objective is to make sure the raccoons can't get into the yards. Right. But they can squeeze through amazingly small I've, spaces. Have you ever seen some of these stories out there on the internet of like a skunk? It looks huge, and it squeezed under like yes. a two by two, two inch by two inch. It's fencing. amazing. I mean, they're so fluffy. Skunks are really fluffy. They well, have like, a lot of how hair. How the heck does this thing get in there? It, it astonishes me what raccoons can fit through. It's like if they can get their head through, they can get the rest of the body well, through. The other thing is, that, like at night, we don't leave any feed out in the run right. whatsoever. We don't want to give anybody any reason to try to get in there. Right. It attracts raccoons. And we put, it attracts rats. Our coops are in our big runs, so right. we have that extra added protection. But, right. Um, the other thing is for free ranging. Making a larger run area can help you in those times that you can't go out there. That's why we made our yards so big. Yeah. So the run area, if, if they have different corners they can go in, they right. can dust bathe in there, mm-hmm. they can do different things, you're not going to feel as bad about not being able to give them an hour a day exactly. to go out. And, and they really enjoy coming out, but they really enjoy being with us, too. Yes, they do. So the human content, you know, like the Sometimes human... Sometimes I'm just in the run with them. I go in the run and sit and just sit in mm-hmm. there. And they like, they'll come up, they'll sit on my lap. Yes. Sometimes they run, whatever. Nothing makes me feel more, more, nothing makes me feel more content than when a chicken falls asleep in my lap. Oh yeah. I love it. 
Buttercup does it all the time with me. And she loves it when the sun hits at a certain angle. She just falls asleep. Oh. So should we move on to cracking the eggs? We can crack the eggs. Crack the eggs. <laughs> it's our last cracking the eggs of 2020. Oh my God. I can't believe this. Cracking the eggs has turned into one of my favorites because... Every segment is our favorite. Have you noticed that? Every se- We love every chicken. We love every segment of our podcast. But that's just... We're just happy, so... <laughs> cracking the eggs this week is... A recipe that you use, it's the flourless chocolate cake. It's rather elegant, but it's it's a pretty easy thing to make. It, can, again, can be gluten and dairy-free. You, and we'll on be enjoying it. So, And when we put our recipes for cracking the eggs on our website, I always include the gluten and dairy-free options. Yeah. So this, it uses a lot of eggs. It's a super rich, one-layer chocolate cake. It's flourless, as the name says. Super dense. You essentially melt chocolate and butter together. You add your sugar and eggs. You can put espresso powder in there if, like which we would do, people, right? You need some <laughs> coffee in there. But you can also dress this up. You can add liqueur. You can add whiskey or whatever booze floats your boat. So you can make it your own, which yes. is always fun in recipes. You adding can, your little twist to it. You can also add boost if you make whipped cream to go along with it. Oh my god! And then put a little peppermint. Uh, extract in it sure you can do that too you could it would be so good i mean i love these recipes that you can play with you can kind of have fun you can get together with your best friend like we do right this will be bake. our new year's eve dessert i know this is good i can't wait i cannot wait so it's gonna definitely be a really good kind of for a party recipe it is it's very elegant i mean you could even save this recipe for say valentine's day if you have a chocoholic that you want to make something special for the only concern is the amount of eggs, but... You mean if you don't have someone who has started laying again yet? <laughs> yeah. I was amazed. Remember we were talking about Dominique's in episode three? Yeah. My dolly has started laying already. It's like she knew we were bragging about her. Yeah. So she started laying again. So, yeah, Pop- Poppy and Penny are laying, and they're at the end of their molt. The barred rocks. Yes. And you were curious about when they would start. Yes. So I'm getting like two of their large eggs every other day. Okay. Which I'll take right now. Absolutely. Because the other five are still laying pullet eggs. Oh, really? They're small. <laughs> so it's like with baking, you know, I'm, I'm trying to guesstimate and I kind of looked it up as like three small eggs equals one large egg for a recipe basically. I would do two small. You think this two? This is just me. I would do two small eggs for one large egg. egg. I have noticed over the past 20 years that what we used to call a large egg, if you, if you buy large eggs in the supermarket now, they're bigger than what a large egg was 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. Everything's bigger now. Every, so <laughs> I, um, I find that the average size egg from your average egg layer is usually large, not as big as a buff egg. So I'm either getting pullet eggs uh-huh. or... Gigantic buffet. Gigantic <laughs> extra larges, which I, I use to bake, but I'm not getting like a ton of them right now. Right. I would go with two pullet eggs. This is just my opinion. And when I, I give two pullet when eggs, I give eggs away, I'm giving a dozen and a half out because they're so small. Oh my goodness. Like a dozen and a half small ones is about a dozen, like regular okay. size. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they're small. So I'm like, come on, girl, start producing and some these larger are your eggs. lavenders. The lavenders so and Gertie. Well, we don't... Okay, Gertie. <laughs> Gertie. Gertie. Gertie is a superstar. She's like 
supermodel chicken Gertie has been painted. <laughs> She's been the subject of a painting. Oh my but, god, I love that painting from Chicken Picasso on Instagram. Love it. It's amazing. She does really, really pretty. Gertie is the mystery of all chickens. She's supposed to be an alligator, but she lays a, a light brown <laughs> egg. <laughs> And she looks like a well summer. Yep, I think that's what she is. Okay. But it was the mystery of when she laid the egg, what color it would be. Right. And that was not what it was supposed to be of any of our guesses. Well, what we know is it's not an olive egg. It's not an olive egg, and it's not a white egg, so she's not a brown leghorn. Right. And it's, well summers are supposed to have dark brown eggs. Right. It's a light brown it's egg. It's a light brown egg. I, yeah, I suppose the genetics of creating olive eggers i suppose you're going to get the random brown egg layer in there but she does look like a well summer she does so i know we've gotten off the track of the recipe but with eggs but we're talking about chickens you you need you need all these eggs you do so i'm pretty wow. sure it's a six egg cake yeah that's a lot of eggs for a cake it's a very dense and delicious cake the more eggs you add to a recipe so this cake's a six egg cake mm -hmm. the more rich something's going it's to extremely be. rich you don't need a big piece of this unless you're really like a chocoholic. It's like true death by chocolate. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we have all these little options that you can do. You can make it your own once again. You can put whiskey in it. Uh, that would be good. If you do this, send us a picture. We want to see these. We want to see these pictures of the recipes out Decorate there. Decorate your cake for New Year's Eve. Do it. Do it. We want to see it. We want to see them. Okay. So. So. This could be my favorite of all time. Re retail therapy. You said that for <laughs> <laughs> you said that for the December twenty second episode. <laughs> this is the best retail therapy ever. We're past that now, so we got to get another best ever. We're totally indulging ourselves with this episode. This is I'm serious. It's the best retail therapy ever. Okay, so retail therapy is chicken booze. <laughs> <laughs> not booze for your not chickens. booze for chickens. Booze for you with chicken labels. There we go. Yeah, I mean, can you get much better than drinking a bottle of wine that has a chicken on the label? We do know this is a stretch, but how many of you out there have bought wine because there's a chicken on the label? I'm raising my hand yeah, right me now. Too. Me too. More than once. <laughs> I mean, okay, so you go into the liquor store and what draws you in first is the label. Generally. I mean, you're looking at labels and bottles and your eye is catching something first. Yes. It's not your taste. It's, does it look appealing to you? Joe and I... We've been out to Napa Valley, and all about wine is look, feel. The wines do taste good, but it's all about all the, the other experience. Stuff. Yes. So when you walk down in that store, and all of a sudden you walk past a bottle of wine that has a chicken on it, I might pick it up and buy it. I might not, just might. I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> so, what am I? This is the first wine that I bought based on the label because it made me laugh and I loved it. This is just like, this is not a top shelf wine. This is a, a fun, maybe drink at the barbecue wine. Just to put it in perspective, this wine comes in adult sized juice boxes. <laughs> and you it can't also go comes wrong with that. in a magnum. Wow. And it is the world's biggest chicken, Rex Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that wine. Oh, you haven't had it? No, I have. Oh, okay. You've had it. Yeah. Okay. You know why I've had it? Because I've walked into a restaurant and I saw the bottle right? and I was like, I want a glass of <laughs> I mean, the, the, re the reality though is that I don't know if Rex Goliath is bigger than Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> so I think we need to make our own labels with Ricardo Montalban on there. I mean, I'm Italian. I mean, when we went to Napa, I said to Joe, that's it. 
let's just get everybody that we love and just buy a big vineyard, a, you know, in Napa. I'm bringing the sheep. Yeah, we need it. And then come up with our own wine and all live off this big compound on a vineyard. That would be like... I love this absolute fantasy. It's, it's wonderful. Awesome. It's, so, it is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it. I was like, I'm not leaving. I'm not going home. I mean, but so I did have beautiful. that wine. The Rex The Rex Goliath. You've had the Rex Goliath. <laughs> yes. So there's... Look Can I say again that it it's like a juice box for adults? <laughs> I just want to point that out. I mean, it literally is like one or two glasses in the little box. Yeah. Screw top. It's perfect for picnics. The beach? The beach, yes. Oh, my God. I mean, you need something that you can take to the beach. Our local club that we belong to, you can't take bottles, so a juice box would be awesome. Rex Goliath, here it comes. You can put a straw <laughs> in that baby and you're set. <laughs> Boom. Go swimming for hours. There you go, kids. I'll see you later. But um, so this, we wanted to talk about all the different kinds of alcohols that were out there that you might be interested in. We looked up some ones that have chicken in the label. There's yes. chicken dinner rosé. Chicken dinner rosé. And there's a chicken on the label. <laughs> I haven't heard of this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and there's also a chicken dinner red, and it comes from the Snake River Valley, Hudson Vineyards. There's a winery that carries it in Cannon County, Idaho. Nice. So I did look up, and they did have a website, so you can order it in. Oh, wonderful. You can have it delivered. Um, chicken wine right at your door. You can't ask for more than no. that. Coffee. No, okay, because most of us who love coffee, I'm not going to make this broad statement, but a lot of us like wine. She's not going to make this broad <laughs> statement, but she's making it. Coffee morning, wine at night. Okay. This is why I need to drink a lot of water. In between, <laughs> you're at it. One cup for coffee. In the That's right. Do we need to add one cup of water for a cup of wine at night? Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> I don't actually drink wine that much, but I do like it every now and so, again. So we were talking about back in our other episodes about our Amazon buys. Right. And my birthday is, was the end of November and my husband did buy me the glass, Life is Better with Chickens. The one we talked about in the I therapy. love it. It's I love a really, it. It's cute. It fits a lot of wine. You can't go wrong with it. Big pri criteria right there. So there's, if my husband likes beer, we found a beer chicken or the egg lager i love it out of avery's brewery okay. in colorado nice we found that one out there now this one i don't know if we're allowed to say this on a podcast or not all right but it's the chicken cock it's a bourbon whiskey oh yeah we're going to put some chicken cock in our flowerless chocolate cake and also we could use that in the bread pudding we could Oh, you can even make chicken cock eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> Moving so, on. The other one that we you liked, do you want to mention the other one? This one is the first... The one that we really wanted to talk right, about. Right. Besides Rex Goliath, the other one that I just grabbed off the shelf because of the label, and the fact that it's under $10, is La Vie Ferme. Excuse my French. Yes. <laughs> La Vie Ferme, which means the old farm in French. The old farm. Um, it yeah. comes in a red, a white, and a rosé. And the rosé is actually quite nice. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> good. See, we even just talk about wine and you get happy. Yes. Have you ever seen, they do, this photographer did these pictures on Instagram. I don't know if it was Instagram or Facebook, some kind of social media. 
and he took a picture. He took a picture, like, okay, I'm going to take a picture of you sitting here right now. Okay. I'm going to give you one glass of wine. Okay. Then I'm going to take another picture. And these, the it was remarkable. Really? Yes. Like, the change, like, people went from, to, hi. Like, they were just happier with the wine. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put a chicken on the label. Uh, it's maximum happiness. You gotta look at the label while you're drinking the wine and take the chicken label well, in. In the case of Livia Frame, it's under ten dollars. Yeah, and I think the ones we found, even um, the chicken dinner, chicken dinner, or there's one called Chicken Run. It's okay. an organic vineyard in Chile. Mm -hmm. Nice. They were twenty or less for a bottle, and you can share it with your bestie, and you have more money for chicken treats. This chicken, works out beautifully. Chicken treats, and then you have money for your coffee in the morning. And for New Year's, we're gonna do the sparkling Shiraz because you have to have bubbles. Right. This is a real. This is actually a very good wine. My one of my sisters gave this to me the as a birthday gift. It is the Chook, yes. Um, and I believe the the name of the vineyards is the, the Chooks. Chooks. Yes. Yeah. But this is Wine Trees USA. Yes. So this is the Chook sparkling Australian Shiraz. It's fantastic with food. It's fantastic alone. You're chilling a red, a sparkling red wine. What's not to love? It, the bubbles. Mm -hmm. That's what's to love. I mean, right? It's it awesome. Tastes, it has a fantastic taste, and the artwork on the label is fantastic too. I feel bad. Like we're kind of sounding like luscious. But I mean, wine is one of those things. As you become an adult, you get to enjoy. All right. How many crazy chicken ladies have not sat outside with their chickens and a glass of wine? Oh, I've sat out there so many times and taken so many pictures of the wine with I've the chicken. I've never ever seen you take a picture <laughs> of you with the chickens and a drink in your hand. <laughs> Speaking of Italian things, I'm backtracking where you were talking about. I don't know. You're Italian. I don't know what you were saying. I don't even remember. <laughs> Here's your history fact because I have to. I have to give you some kind of history fact, right? Always about Italians. Right. It'll be one that I don't know too. Yes, I didn't know this either. Apparently, all bottles of Chianti Classico. Specifically, Chianti Classico okay. have a rooster emblem on the bottle. Where? This it's towards the top. This emblem was adopted by the League of Chianti in 1384. That's pretty cool. That's many hundreds of years of roosters. Oh, how many bottles boys have been out there forever? And a bottle of Chianti is a thing of beauty. Yes, it is. How about Swedish? I'm thinking of the other ale. Oh, the, the beer. Ale, um, Old Speckled Hen. Old Speckled Hen. Yes, that's a good one too. And for your wedding, we did have Old Speckled Hen. Now, I'll tell you, neither Pete nor I are beer drinkers. So we, we picked out some really nice wines for the wedding. We had a great time buying cases of wine for the wedding. Yes. But we knew we had some beer drinkers. and we Joe Witch. Right. And um, my, my brother-in-law, some of my cousin's husbands. We had, we had some beer drinkers coming. And we really wanted to make sure we had some nice beer on hand. But neither one of us drink beer. So we, we went into a liquor store and we walked around and picked out the beer based on the labels. That's what all of us do. You know what? People who tell you that they don't do this are a bunch of bulls. <laughs> because well, everybody, you're walking through and your eyes first are going to take you to what you want to see. Yeah. You're looking at that label and I'm telling you, us chicken people, if there's a chicken on anything... We will see the chicken. We will see the chicken, and we will take the chicken. So we did the... <laughs> we will. So we did the speckled hen ale. We did We did an IPA from a local brewer. One with sheep, I thought. We did do the sheep. That was black sheep. There might have been another It was ale, a dark lager, ale. though. Okay. I think it was dark. Wasn't it a darker lager? I didn't drink it. I'm not... A, I think I, Joe did. Okay. But it was supposed to be very good, black yeah. sheep. 
And then the final one was Farmhand IPA from Winridge in yeah. Pennsylvania. Winridge is one of my favorite, favorite. They brew beer and ciders. Their ciders are amazing. That's how I know them. We drink those ciders together. Yes, the ciders now, delicious. the ciders, they're, they don't have chickens on the label, but Winridge is their black cherry ciders. Then I just get a margarita cider. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, they have, and they're seasonal. So it's what's in season right. is what you get because it's a local just over the line in PA. Right. So they're one that I love too. You can't go wrong. Well. This is why this is one of my most favorite retail therapies because your chickens plus wine equals happiness. They do. And then you hug them and squeeze them once you have a glass of wine. You're like, oh. <laughs> Coffee in the morning, wine at night. Chickens all day. Right. And then for this year, you, one glass of water in between each order. I think it's a good idea. I think Take it would be an excellent idea to keep hydrated during through all these different drinks. We're I think that we are suitably boozed up. I mean, we're totally coffee with the chicken ladies, but, you know, we did our bread pudding with the whiskey, and now we're just, we've got all kinds of booze for New Year's Eve. That's what we're going to be doing. Yeah. I, I mean, we are set in a glass of wine, sparkling wine. When 2020 is over, oh my God, that's going to feel so good. And so our next show, so we're going to be nice and relaxed for our next show. The first, our first podcast of 2021 will be January 5th. Yay. And we say each episode is going to be super fun. You know, we try we, to be fun. Yeah. And, and we really don't try. That's just us. That's just us. I, I mean, I like I said, 100 laughs a day. That's what I need. I still think you're way over 100 laughs a day. <laughs> So our January 5th episode, we're going to be talking about cochins. Yeah, The ever popular cochins. They're such a cute little chicken. Right, all the way they around. really are. Can't wait to talk about or them. Or big chicken. They're big, little, yeah. all different sizes. Can't wait. So our main topic is going to be chicken treats and winter nutrition. Which is going to kind of tie in with our resolutions that we've made. Right, gardening. Mm -hmm. We're going to be staying healthy for ourselves and yes. we're going to be helping our chickens stay healthy. Yes, cracking the eggs is a wonderful baked egg recipe with mushrooms and greens. It sounds delicious. And our retail therapy is, oh, the Henfluencer. Yay, we love her. Yeah, her stuff is gorgeous. So, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Don't everyone. forget to toast at midnight. Be Yay. safe and healthy. Happy, happy New Year. Drink lots of water, and we'll see you in 2021. <laughs> Have a great New Year. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. If you'd like to see more from us, follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. To send us comments, feedback, suggestion, or questions, email us directly, Chrissy and Holly at coffeewiththechickenladies.com. Thanks for listening.